0: Welcome Charlie Johnson to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on because we've been talking about this for ages and I'm sure that anyone watching is going to know exactly who you are, but for those that don't, can you give us a quick rundown as to who you are and how you got to where you are today? Maybe not where you got to today, we'll go into that, but who you are. Uh, I'll give a
1: 90 second synopsis. So I used to be a fat kid when I was younger. I then got into sports, still pretty fat, When came PT at 18 decided I didn't like training people one-to-one, went into real estate. 26, got unshaped for the first time, saw the opportunity of social media and what was happening with that. Started online coaching as like a side gig whilst I was working in real estate. I had like a six-figure job there, which was pretty good. Um, four and a half years ago, I left that full-time job to then go full-time online coaching. Since then, we've done um, we've worked for like 10,000 clients. I've then moved to Dubai last year. Um, we've now got multiple ClickFunnels awards. We've Uh, Transform 1000 Live, been in Mentel Health, Forbes, um, Apple News recently for top online coaches. And then we also now have um, a business, Seven Big Scaling Systems, which is basically helping teach other online coaches exactly what we've done over the last few years, and also how to pivot with the icebergs that are coming in front of them at the moment, because the online space is changing very dramatically at the moment. So what used to work three years ago won't work anymore. Um, So it's a very short synopsis and very different in terms of I come from a business background, but I also love fitness, still competing, bodybuilding, loads of things like that. No, it doesn't really help with business, but it's just a fun, passion thing. So for me, like the most important thing is I like to try and walk the walk with everything I do, which is why I would never try and help other fitness professionals with their online business until I had a very successful one, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. Yeah, totally. When, um, I was surprised to see that you came from being an estate agent. So I saw that on your uh, Instagram. I've also seen the pictures of you when, as you say, you were slightly Add slightly more timber than you do right now. Um, so what, with estate agency, what happened? Like at what point did you get to where you thought this just isn't for me or like, what happened
1: there? Um, from day one, I knew it wasn't really for me. Like I didn't, I never really wanted to work for anyone else. I always wanted to be a businessman and do my own thing and like be in control of my own destiny. And I never liked being told what to do, which is I think as an entrepreneur, you necessarily, that's just your nature, just the way you are. So um, for me, I very quickly realized that I hit a ceiling of like how much I could earn and where my career was going to go. And I was going to be stuck into the nine to five life. But I had everything on paper people want. I was earning like decent money, uh, had a mortgage, had a partner, all that sort of stuff. And then it wasn't enough because I aspired for more and I wanted more. And a lot of people at times said to me, You've, you're crazy in terms of like, why are you jacking this in? Like, this is super risky. And I was like, the real risk is actually not taking the leap of faith because I can always go back and get another job in the stage and see real estate, but like it's always what if. Like people yeah. think too much about what if it goes wrong, but what if it goes right? So you have to look at the upside. And the reality is, if you're in a position right now where you're wanting to get onto online coaching and kind of stuck on the gym floor or stuck on a job, like you can always go back, but you, you always have in the back of your mind, if you don't do it, like what if? Um, yeah. So I think that's a really important thing for people to remind. I think it's the biggest shift is a mindset shift that's going to happen that people have to like throw themselves in the deep end and then they'll learn to swim.
0: For sure. I I always say that to people, exactly the same. I'm like, if you uh, take a look at your current situation and you are going to go forward and have a risk in something, if the worst case possible scenario is that you end up back exactly where you are right now, you haven't lost anything. So like, what's stopping you from actually going out there and trying to make a go of it? It bamboozles me.
1: 100%. And you you see it over and over again. And respectfully, I've said this on quite a few podcasts, it's like, like we're both british so we can say this but i think it's a british culture that people people would prefer that you didn't try and you stayed in the steady nine to five and you stayed safe whereas if you look at like american culture which is why i love americans so much it's like they'd rather you tried and failed than you never tried at all
0: yeah for sure i find that in dubai as well one of the key things i like about dubai is i think because of the type of person that would come here it's generally someone that's quite entrepreneurial they're looking to grow or do something with their business and so when I speak to people out here, everyone's very supportive and encouraging of each other to do better. Like you said, versus the UK, it feels like very much people are put in this like hole of you have to stay there, you have to do the nine to five. hundred percent. I think it's
1: um, the two biggest things that would define your success in life are the environment you put in, or you put yourself in, and then the partner you choose. Because they're two things that would define your success the most.
0: And when in defining success for you and then starting out, how did you, who did you surround yourself with or what did you do to, if anything, to help you go from like a state agent doing side gig as PT to then that first step of like going to actually being on your own?
1: That was interesting. In some respects, I look back now and I think people almost have it easier because there's so much more advice now. Whereas like five, six years ago, it was the Wild West. No one had a fucking clue what was going on. So I was just, you're just trying to figure all this shit out yourself. So um, I look back now and actually the two biggest people, I actually remember this. I used to drive around in my Mercedes station car. Uh, it's yeah. pretty cool. And I, all I listened to all day long was Gary Vee and Grant Cardone. So like right. they're the two biggest people who had impact on, t- on me. So it's a, Gary Vee talked about like, one of his books is Jab, Jab, Right Hook. So it's like value, value, sell. So like content, content, help people sell. And then Grant Cardone was just like hardcore sales training, like mindset and like removing limiting beliefs. And like the conjunction of those two, not fitness related, but they really opened my eyes in terms of thinking what's possible. So I think for anyone right now, you're fortunate because you now live in an era where there's so much free information that can help you get to the next level. And then more people have done that. Whereas previously, maybe like five, six years ago, I was scratching around trying to find someone to help me. There wasn't really anyone who could be like, I've done it. I've done exactly what you want to do. I can help you do it. There wasn't that, there wasn't that guy, which sure. now I feel I've filled that role of being for like people like, okay, I want to, I want to have a fitness business and have freedom and success to do what I want. And for me, the big thing I always wanted was to be able to do what I want when I want with who I want. And that is like complete freedom where you can just do, you can be where you are, wherever you want, work, wherever you want. Like you want to move to Dubai, you can live in Dubai. If I wanted to move to Bali, I could go live there if I wanted to. Like that's freedom, right? And that's the life that we should all have to be
0: free. Does that freedom ever give you anxiety?
1: Uh, Yes, in some respects, because it's a too much choice, which is why sometimes, last year I traveled a lot and it actually caused me a lot of stress because I, I have quite a re- I like to be quite structured in terms of like the way I run myself. And being all over the place then means you mentally feel a bit all over the place. And like from the fitness routine, I like like training at the same time, at the same time every day. Anyone listen to this, you're probably gonna be fitness related, you're gonna resonate, yeah. right? So it's like, I like to train at the same time, I like to eat at the same time. Whereas like, if you're flying all over the place and you're in different countries all the time, that becomes quite disruptive as much as fun. And I think for anyone listening to this, it's important to think about the seasons of life. So you have to think like you have building seasons, like seasons of like laying laying down a seed to let the, the seeds grow and your seasons of harvesting. So you have to go through a period where you're like, you're settled, you're in a routine, you're in the grind and like you're building the, 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 the machine and then you can have seasons of enjoying it. And I always try and structure my year like that. Whereas like at the moment, like I'm in the grind season of like, okay, I got back to Dubai in January. It's like, you're not allowed to leave until May. Like you have to fucking work and then yeah. put in the, the work now and you can enjoy some time in the summer and travel around. And I think sometimes the mistake I see people make is they travel too much and respectfully fanny around too much that they then lose track of their business and they're too unscheduled.
0: For sure. And do you think in the beginning, those seasons as you described them, in the beginning, you spend a lot more time planting the seeds than you do reaping the rewards a hundred percent
1: and like and even if you think about it like this i've probably done i've done on my own podcast maybe three four hundred podcasts people are listening to those podcasts today that i did four years ago so like i'm still reaping the rewards of those and also the relationships with the guests and it's the same as um anyone who's putting in the work now you won't see the work right now so like the the results like tomorrow so i said this to one of my mastermind clients is like since he, he went to our event we had in Dubai, we hold a lot of in-person events. And he was like, um, I'm working so much harder. I'm so much more motivated, but I'm not seeing the results yet. I'm like, good, because you won't. And it's important to understand the business patience because generally there's a life cycle, right? So someone doesn't follow you straight away and then buy the, the next day. The reality is the work you're putting in now is probably going to pay off three months down the line. Or sure. if your business starts to struggle in three months down the line, it's probably because you've been jacking around and pissing around for th- three months before where you weren't doing what you're supposed to be doing. I think the more people can zoom out their time horizons and look at the macro rather than micro perspective, the easier it is for them to make better decisions in terms of managing themselves and and their online fitness business.
0: And how does someone do that who's, let's say, let's take someone who's, they're currently on the gym floor, they're doing every hour there is, they've thought, right, I want to now start spreading my wings. I want to start taking clients from all over the world. I want to build up an online uh, kind of reputation starts to take on online coaches so they can have a better balance of work life in the beginning they're already slammed at the gym they're now trying to do extra work on top of that how can they do that like knowing that they're gonna get success like what what things can they do to ensure that they're gonna that it's gonna work for them
1: okay so the easiest way to explain this and the easiest thing that we teach is what's called the 4c method so it's like content uh, first so we have to make get traffic and eyeballs right so you want content. And we want to then drive that into um, conversations. And then those conversations will lead to like sales calls essentially, which will lead to coaching clients. And then you've got a successful business. So like one of the biggest mistakes I think I see people making is they don't pay enough attention. So for example, you don't need to make a million pieces of content every week. You just need to make one piece of content that's fucking great. So like if you actually take the time to research and see, okay, what's the best thing I can make this week that's going to get me clients make one piece of content. Like I had a video on TikTok last week, that got six million views, no, five and a half, six million views. So nice. it's like, you do one of those a week, like you'll blow up even if you're in in person PT. So if you're at the starting position right now, two things I'd focus on right now. One would be try and make one to two really good pieces of content a week. Number two is try and sell the people who already know you or are closer to who you can generally help. So, and what do I mean by that? If you're a PT in the gym, what about the people in the gym? Have you tried to actually sell them online coaching? They might not want to be like respectfully babysat in PT sessions, but they might want help with their programming and nutrition. That's a really easy sell. So if you think it's a captive, captive market of where the people who've got a problem are going to be, right? So like mm-hmm. it makes sense to try and sell to those first. Um, thirdly, the, la- the other thing that's a big driver in terms of you actually seeing big wins is getting results and transformations. So even if it's a start and you haven't got results and transformations, one of the things I did back in the day is I had a family friend, my mom's godson, and he, I could tell he was genetically gifted, but he was a bit chubby. I was like, Max, I'll get you in fucking great shape for the summer, just let me coach you for free. And he was like, yeah, sure. I was like, we just got to share the before and after photos. He was like, yeah, I'm in. And he got insane shape. And I probably got like 10 clients off the back of his, who were his mates, nice. got them in shape and it just snowballed from there. Um, so that's the other thing you need to think about is trying to use like clients to acquire clients. Like, don't be too proud to coach people for free. Like I did that for a long time. And when I first started, I was doing like £40 a month coaching with like PDF Word documents that were awful. Um, But you have to start somewhere. So like get your reps in and don't be afraid to ask people to help them, even if it's necessarily for free, just to get the result and maybe the referral off of them.
0: For sure. I did exactly the same thing. Not coaching, but in business, I worked for free. I contacted people that I wanted to work with and I was like, let me work for free to show you that I can do it. So it was the proof of my work that allowed me then to kind of branch out from there and get more clients and grow my business. And it's exactly the same method with working for free to then prove that you can do what it is you say you can do with your transformation results to then get more people as well.
1: And the proof's in the pudding, right? It doesn't become a, a difficult sell when you have the results to back up. So like for, I can give an example. I had a, a call with a lady from America who, who joined our mastermind. And she's like, I've never heard of you before. I was like, okay, cool, I completely understand that. So I picked up like, here's a ClickFunnels two comma Club Award. It says Charlie Johnson Fitness on it from this year. Like, here's me in Forbes. Here's me in Men's Health. Just share it on screen. I was like, here's our Slack channel. We book fifty fitness calls a day. I was like, here's my Instagram, half a million followers, and all these social media results. Like, I I can help you with your fitness business. She's like, oh, hundred percent, I agree. And and, (laughs) and that's for you. From a if you're a fitness trainer, listen to this. You you need to understand like that's what your clients going to look to for you in different aspects, right? Uh, Are you in good shape? Do you train well? Are you authentic and practice what you preach? Do you have other people you can get in shape? Because getting you in shape is different than getting other people in shape. Um, And how you conduct yourself. like Do you carry yourself in a professional manner? So like, one of the things that I've been told before is that I um, speak differently in terms of a lot of other people in the fitness industry because I'm quite well spoken. And that makes me come across um, differently. So be authentic to who you are. And then let your results and you walk the walk and lead by example is an important
0: factor. How important in those starting like early days is it to define a niche? Or in the beginning, is it a case of just anyone that's going to work with you, any way to get transformations, do that first, then figure out the niche later?
1: Um, This is a huge mistake and I feel like slamming my head in the desk every time I see it because I see a lot of respective business coaches saying that you need to have a niche. Think about this really logically, right? So say... My name's Sarah and I'm a PT in the gym. I've got 500 followers. Why am I going to sub niche down to like mums who are over 35 who only live in the UK and they only want to do Pilates to lose weight like, and they're vegan? Like the reality is the niche of people who follow you who actually fit their demographic is so small it doesn't work. So the best strategy to do at the beginning is have a broad audience in terms of who you target, who who you're going to work with, right? And what you'll find over a period of time is you'll probably end up with a repeat type of client who keeps coming to you. That's probably where you start to niche. But and, and another way I would look at this as well is probably target people who are similar to you. What's your backstory? So, for example, I'm not particularly relatable to mums um, with kids, for example, because I'm a 33 year old Jack guy who lives in a penthouse in a Dubai Marina. Like he's blonde, got blonde hair. Like he doesn't. He competes in bodybuilding sometimes. Like it, it's not really uh, relatable. So it's important to understand like. Like Russell Brunson talks about this in ClickFunnels a lot. It's like being the attractive hero at the start of the journey. Like you want to be the person your clients like look up to. I think that's a really important thing to remember. Um, and people will look up to people for different reasons and you need to be authentic to who you are. So to give an example, one of our mastermind clients, Neil was four times Mr. Universe. Um, but he also ha- is a father of two kids, single dad. Um, and I was like, Neil, why are you not talking about this? He's like, I just didn't think it's relevant. I was like, that's super relatable because how many people are busy fathers and aren't in great shape. As soon as he starts talking about that, then he's getting way more engagement and way more people coming to him. And it's an important thing to remember. Like you don't have to be um, all in on one thing. Just talk about like who you are and what you do and be authentic, which then can be, be relatable.
0: People want to know, I guess that, that you get it. Like if they're looking to you to be the person that can get the end result for them, they need to know that you understand what it's like. You know what it's like to have two kids to, Chase after them to do school runs and all that stuff rather than just see like perfection, 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 like on every post that you're doing on social.
1: 100%. And even recently, I've tried to be more vulnerable about what I talk about with the problems that I have sometimes. Of like, I put a post of the other day about I haven't been looking after myself because I've been working too much. And this is the exact opposite of what I would tell clients to do. Yeah, I've gone down this path of like, they worked from 3 a.m. to 9 p.m. basically the other day. It's like, This isn't smart and it's not gonna be sustainable. And it's important often to actually show your flaws to your audience more than your strengths because people know that social media is a highlight reel. And sometimes the best performing content, and this is what we actually teach a lot, is what we call like low to high reels. So it's like, here's where I started. This was really, really shit. And this is how I am now. And like Mm -hmm. talk through the journey of that process because that's what people will buy into. They don't wanna see chapter 12. They also wanna see chapter one where you started.
0: Yeah. How often are you doing these 3 a.m. till 9 at night
1: days? Uh, n- not 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 anymore. I mean, well, that was last week. So, I, not anymore. But I, one of the most important things you'll find as the business gets bigger is, and I'm trying to take more stuff out of my diary, I need to keep, keep myself fresher. And I know it'll be the same for you because the most important thing I have to do is make good decisions. If my brain is fried and i like stimulated to the nines and just been not not productive um, my ability to make the right decision is going to be jeopardized so I'd say what's important for you listening listen to this to understand don't compare where I am to where you are if you're starting out at the beginning you have to hustle and you have to grind so I like to talk about this was when I was a state agent I had maybe 150 200 online clients and at the time I think it was competing as well so I'd get up at like 5 a.m to do cardio <laughs> then go to work in my state agency job and I'd basically do my online coaching when I was there and then I go and train in the evening at like 7 p.m. And I do a bit more on my coaching when I go home. And I go to bed and do it all over again. And like, yeah. that's the reality of what it takes at the start is like, it's on you. You have to do the work. But I'd also say in some respects, that's actually the most fun time. Like I look back yeah. and it's like, that, that was the grind bit was like fun. And um, make the most of it. Because when you come out the other side, you'll look back at it and you'll be proud of what you've achieved.
0: I was going to say, did you, although you're doing all that, did you enjoy it at the time? And obviously you do.
1: I, I would probably, this is a weird thing to so say, I probably enjoyed that more than what I do now, if that makes sense. Because yeah. I, like, I like doing rather than puppet master overseeing, which is what it starts to become after a while. Because then yeah. if if something's not done correctly, that's on you and it's your own fault. Whereas when you start yeah. to manage teams of people, there's too many other variables sometimes that can go wrong.
0: And things take longer with teams. Yeah. Like if you're in control of everything, if you want to do something, you can do it right now. Whereas if you've got teams there's a process that has to follow to get shit done. Uh,
1: I'll give an example. I found out that some AI software yesterday that I was like, I think probably about three o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, I logged onto their site, checked it out, logged in, set up an account. Within 45 minutes, I delegated to everyone. It was implemented and done. I was like, but like, if I had told someone to be like, oh, you should go and watch this video and then get this software and then give it something, it'd be like two weeks later. So it's like speed of execution in particular at the start is the key for you to move forwards. I remember distinctly a moment, I went to um, a mastermind in the US, probably in January 2020 or February 2020, uh, just before COVID happened. And I remember finding out something in the room as a strategy. I was like, oh my God, this is so obvious. And this is the best yeah. thing ever. And literally while I was there, I got my laptop open, I like, typed this thing up, posted it, and it worked straight away. Amazing. And like, for me, it's always been that thing of like, if I find something, I'm like, how did I not know about this earlier? And yeah. how much money does this cost me not implementing it sooner? And that urgency is one of the things that I see you be successful because you've got to, is that saying is like life's a marathon, but it's actually a sprint. You want to sprint the whole way through it and you've got to go fast. Like if you look at professional marathon runners, they actually sprint the whole thing and that's almost the way you need to think with business sometimes.
0: How long did it take you from, I mean, going from a couple of hundred clients online, doing the estate agency business, then going and branching out, doing online coaching, what point did you get to, if you did, where you thought, right, I need to figure all this shit out now. Like, like I'm working hard, I'm doing all these hours, all of this is happening, it's all growing, which is amazing, but now I need to figure shit out. Like, did that happen? Uh,
1: Constantly. And there's a saying, (laughs) and I'm in that now, again, is uh, a saying, like, different levels have different devils, right? So it's like, and this is why I say it's easy for people, my mastermind, to help, because... I can see what you can't see because I've been there and I know the hurdle that's going to come up next. So it's like, okay, you start an online coaching business, you start signing up loads of clients, you're killing it, are super happy. Uh, then you're like, fuck, I don't want to coach this many people. I'm like glued to a laptop, this is soul destroying. You then hire a coach. You're like, okay, this is awesome. Um, so you then delegate that bit of work out. You then start scaling more and then you get to the point where uh, you've got so many like sales calls coming in that you you like hate life and don't want to deal with it anymore. Like I remember in... March 2020, we were. Book, I was doing like 30 sales calls a week myself. And I literally just, it was the point when they'd book in, I was like, fuck's sake, I've got to do another one. Yeah. Um, which obviously is the wrong attitude. And that's when I then built a sales team, which is now another business, which is called Closing Force, which is based in Mexico, which is like a an outsourced um, sales call center for fitness professionals. And it's just knowing that every different level you get to there's going to be another bottleneck. And then sure. it's your job as the CEO to then... Um, remove that or fix that or build a team or system to circumnavigate that. And that's never really going to go away. And the biggest thing to understand is that the limiting factor of growth in your business is going to be the person at the top of it. So the reason my businesses aren't further ahead is because I haven't personally developed far enough yet to get to the next level. Same with you respectfully, like you'll become the bottle cap in terms of where it's going. So one of the big things I've done recently is brought in people who are smarter than me in specific field so for example our mastermind we brought on corby waters who as head coach he's got like 30 years business coaching experience way more experience than me and he's calling me out my own bullshit sometimes i'm like i need that because it's pushing me and also i don't want to look like a dick to him and you need to be open to being vulnerable and also asking for help which i think is something too many people are reluctant to do i don't know if you see the same
0: yeah totally i like the The bigger a business gets, the more, exactly as you said, like the more bottlenecks and more problems there are. Um, And I've built businesses before, but never as quickly as Kahuna's. Kahuna's is is ramping up very quickly. And within that, the team is growing quick. We're on constant hire. And so we've very quickly gone from a handful of people to 10 to 15, 20, 25, 30, we're up to like 35 people now. And I recently had a trip out where we've hired a COO to come with us to be an integral part of the business. And there was so much shit that I didn't know, that like from a COO perspective, like all these operations procedures, because I'm used to being the guy that's like, like you, like I log into the AI thing. And I'm like, right team, everyone do this now. Then I'll go and log into like some design thing. I'm like, right, this is what we do with this. Like, And then I would get frustrated when people would go to do something and they would like, I've, I realized that I would give shit descriptions. And it gets to like the end of three weeks there, someone's doing something that we talked about, they produce it and I'm like, No, that's that's not what I wanted. Like, we talked about this. Why didn't you get it? And it's because my processes and my delegation, is that's the worst part of me. I just, I'm terrible at it because I want everyone to operate at this level where I'm at. And that's not what everyone on the team does. Do you know why? Um, Because I don't know, because it's not their business.
1: Because you're a visionary. Like, that's not your gig. And it's the same as me. It's like, I'm actually terrible at training people in our own team because I don't have patience, because I presume everyone thinks the way I do, which is actually why I'm great as a business coach, because I'm then working with other people who think the same way I do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be running your own online fitness business. And once you start to understand that or your blind spots, is then like, okay, this is what I'm really not good at. Maybe I should find someone else like a CEO to take charge of this. And like a really important task I'd recommend for anyone listening to this, um, if you get a piece of paper put line down the middle of it and put um, love on one side, loathe on the other side and just literally write down everything you do. And either you love it or you loathe it. If you don't like doing something, I'm probably pretty sure you, you're you not that good at it. So for example, yeah. I don't like micromanaging people. I don't really like managing people in particular. My attention to detail is not that great. I just want to execute and implement stuff. Um, so anything in that field, I'd move away. Whereas I would guess you're similar as me as like an innovator that my, zone of genius is coming with ideas and strategies and things to implement rather than seeing it through, if that makes sense.
0: For sure, yeah. I'm big on like the conceptualization of something. I get how something should be and I can convey that. But then the bit I was missing was taking that conceptualization, documenting it all into requirements, documents, processes, systems, and then having the team do that from requirements. So I was just literally, my conceptualized my vision why doesn't anyone understand it? Why have we built something different? Um, so that's that was a huge learning curve. But that's, you
1: don't know what you don't know, right? And you you yeah, know right. a bit further down the line, like, oh, fuck, I've, I've cocked it up. And that's one of those things that I often tell people is sometimes the value of someone helping you with your business or with your fitness is often not what they tell you to do. It's what they tell you not to do. But sometimes- Yeah, for sure. Do you
0: see coaches kind of, being their own worst enemy when they come to you and they're, let's say they're successful, let's say they've got 100 clients, 150 clients, but they're at this point where you said they're like on their laptop all the time, they don't have a life, they're starting to hate elements of it now. When they come to you, are there glaringly obvious things that they're doing that are just hindering their business?
1: Uh, always. And it's always, you're blind, you're blind to these things because you have cognitive bias. Because for example, you're like, well, this has worked so long, and it's got me to here. Yeah, it's got you to here, but it's not going to get you to the next level like hence if you're at the point where and this will be for everyone that listen to this you will be the bottleneck in your business the big thing for you to understand is okay what's the next lever i can pull that can then remove this and then we can go to the next level so the biggest area most people get stuck is you've got three areas within the business to grow so you've got uh, lead gen sales fulfillment nearly everyone gets stuck in lead generation which is something that we've been fortunate enough to, to crush and like the big risk a lot of people have is they put all their, their eggs in one basket. So for example, they will just focus on one platform like Instagram and they'll get some joy with it. They'll just lean into that, which is great. The risk you have with that, if your IG account gets disabled, I had mine account disabled before, your business is gone. Um, yeah. If IG reach goes down, which is at the moment, your business is going to decline. You have to diversify to have a safe and stable business. So we recommend using a couple of different platforms, generally pushing two very hard, um, depending on what your niche is And i think people are too reluctant to change sometimes and even change who they're trying to target so to give for example um i've worked with people in the past who want to target kids who are like 18 to 22 for like bodybuilding and they want to try and make 50 60k a month i'm like okay we can do that but you're going to have to target people who are a bit older because they don't, they, these kids can't afford more than 150 a month probably like you're not going to charge 3k for six months these guys so like For you to get to the the financial goals you have, you have to change the avatar or you have to change your goals because that's not sustainable.
0: Sure. I also find that in talking to some people in those situations that the the feeling of doing work makes them feel like they're successful in spite of the fact they're just frantically doing work all the time. Whereas they see it as they're successful because they're frantically doing work all the time. And I I always think that that's a common misconception that just because you're working hard doesn't mean that this is the most efficient way for you to grow your business.
1: We're working hard and working smart are two different things. And like the best analogy for this is if you think of business in form of baseball, which is a sport I don't really like. Baseball, you can hit one home run and you get one home run. Business, you can come up with an idea that's like the equivalent of a thousand home runs in one go if the idea and strategy is that good and that well executed. And when you start to yeah. think of that, you would start to think, okay, I only have to swing the bat once and just swing it perfectly. Like this is going to change the game or, you know, like most people, you're constantly swinging over and over again, hoping just to try and clip the ball.
0: And you like, on that kind of note, like in terms of like creating content and things that you're doing, like strategies in your own business, you talk a lot about putting in like the minimal amount of input for the maximum amount of output on your Instagram as well. Can you give like some examples as to how that would work for someone? Uh,
1: so really easy strategies for that. So h- here's a great content strategy. So anyone who struggles with content, here's the easiest thing you want to do get TikTok. I don't really like the app. Get, get it. Search. The search function is great for looking at content. If you go search, filter, filter most liked and then probably within the last month. Search for a topic you think is a good idea. So like do know, fat loss tips for, for men. You'll then see examples of other types of content that's working going viral. That's probably the type of content you should try. So for your niche. And when you start to get something that works, then lean into it and then do more of that type of content because it obviously resonates with your audience. I think this is one of the... the big mistakes people don't understand is like success leaves clues. Like if a certain subject is working for someone else, it's probably going to work for you. And the most important thing that's going to make a content, content work, uh, caption work, sales script, anything is what's called the hook. So the first three lines, the first sentence. So like we've got, um, if anyone messages me, we've got a, a guide, like a document with a load of different hooks. It's probably like, it's like a hook playbook. And it's like, so for example, the three secrets to X, the myth about Y, like, that first thing to raise someone's curiosity to be like, the secret to eating carbs and losing fat. Like, what the fuck is it? Like, I want to know. Yeah. And that's what you want to do is you want to raise curiosity in people so then they engage with your the content, they want to find out more or they message you because the game is of um, organic selling is to create conversations, to create clients. So the more you can try and draw people in with the language you use, the content you make, the more clients will pick up on the back end.
0: I remember seeing Mr. Beast uh, say something along the lines of when he started out, he got together with like a group of his friends and they would all post different types of hooks, content, like different styles of videos. And then they'd get together at the end of each week and they'd all sit down and go, right, well this worked, that didn't work. And then the ones that were doing well, they would all focus on doing more of that the following week. And then they were able to just keep testing their audience to define like, what is a good video? What's a good hook? Like what's getting the most engagement? And I thought that was like a, an incredible way for them to do it.
1: Yeah, I think people, overcomplicate this I and mean, when you start to apply logic and data to things like businesses data, if you look at how social media works it's an algorithm is numbers based, right? So it's like, yeah. that's, what's going to draw people in. And I think a huge mistake I probably made back in the past. And I had someone say to me, who was one of my early mentors was that um, your content makes you look like a narcissistic prick. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, but then, but like, and I'm brutally honest with people like that. And I, I understand why, when he said that, because it was like the Charlie Johnson show of like, yeah, look at me, look at my abs here I'm on the beach, blah, blah, blah. Like, whereas I never do that anymore. And one of the things I'd say to help people, and it's like what we do with our seven figure scaling systems, IG and YouTube and stuff is like, you want to create an um, educational content with utility. So give away mm-hmm. your best stuff for free. And then people will be like, holy shit, this stuff's really good when they try it. And then they are like, this is the free stuff. I wonder what the paid programs like, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I notice all of that in your content that you deliver now. And I think that's along the lines of, like you mentioned earlier with Gary Vee and the Jab, 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 Right Hook, is that the amount of value you're giving on your social for free to people is huge. And you're immediately addressing a problem for someone. In all of your videos and things you do, it's immediately, are you struggling with X or Y, like your biceps not activating, and then you're going through showing someone exactly how to fix that problem for them in a very short, condensed period of time. It's awesome.
1: That's, um, and I think that's one of the things people understand is to be, Successful in this business, you have to be able to wear multiple hats, right? So it's like mm-hmm. there's uh, – I almost have like four alter egos. There's like Charlie, the business person running the business. There's Charlie, the social media fitness guy who can teach fitness stuff. There's Charlie, the social media business guy who can teach business stuff. Um, like there's Charlie, the business coach, Charlie, the fitness coach. And it's like you have to understand, that particularly at the beginning, you have to be able to do all these different things to a certain degree. And as your business grows, you can then start to delegate them out. So one of the biggest mistakes I see people making – is they try and delegate things out, but they don't fully understand them. Uh, sure. Let me explain. So, for example, um, one of the best for this is Facebook ads. People will get approached by a Facebook ads agency, they'll sign up, pay them like two, three K a month. They have no idea about Facebook ads. They don't know what click through rate is, frequency, anything. So, they're, they're set up for failure at the beginning because the Facebook ads agency is going to talk to them a different language in terms of like results and what they're expecting. And Ultimately, the way I would say about Facebook ads, if you think about it like this logically, if someone's really, really good at running Facebook ads, they wouldn't run Facebook ads for you. They'd run Facebook ads to sell this purple shaker to millions of people on the internet and make loads of money, yeah. rather than actually having to work someone else.
0: Agreed. It's um, We, in finding a person to do our Facebook ads was more, we wanted to, someone to come in at our level to have like discussions about our marketing, our vision, everything we want to do, and for, one individual to be able to help us with it, as opposed to a company. For that exact same reason, we've tried companies before, and they there's no they don't give a shit if you sell or not. They just want the money paying them it. each month. Yeah, exactly, and that's it. Um, um, so, in, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, in you're talking about bringing different people in, delegating. What? Who was the first person you brought in, and why did you think it was the right time to do that?
1: Uh, I gonna mean, ask you who do you think it was.
0: Uh, well, the first person you brought in? Yeah. Uh, someone to handle admin stuff?
1: Oh, technically, maybe, yes. Yeah, that was my wife at the time. But um, <laughs> the, uh, it was content. I had a videographer. So, oh, okay. And, yeah. and if, if you take this back to like rule number one of making money and selling stuff, is people don't know who you are. They can't buy from you. Like, if, like if I didn't know you, I can't give you my money to pay for kahunas. So I have to know about the brand, the person, and believe in it. If they don't like, if you're listening to this and get online clients, not enough people know you. The more people know sure. you, the more money you'll make, and that's the fact of life. If you genuinely and a second thing, I was I spoke um, a business seminar in what was it October? Uh, me, Mike Thurston, my friend Frank, and a couple other people. If you look at the most successful people there, they're all in the best shape. They had the biggest social media followings. Like, there's a reason people are getting attracted to these people. Is because like they have the traffic, they have the reach, they have the audience. And respectfully, it's actually almost easier now if you've got a fresh account, you're new to the game, to blow up quicker than it ever has been before, because all these platforms are favoring newer people rather than like me with like an older account. Like it's difficult to grow. So don't be hesitant to think that you've missed the boat. You've only missed the boat if you believe that self limiting belief.
0: So, what do you think about the market as a whole right now? With people saying that the industry is saturated, like I can't get clients, I'm not getting inquiries, is that just excuses?
1: Um, there's two ways to look at that. One, there is an economic issue going on, which I don't think anyone can deny would be my first point. Secondly, I would say, that, like behind me, right? There's fucking yachts and stuff. Like, and I traveled loads last year. So it's like, there's, I don't know how many millionaires are in the world, but there's an awful lot. There's a lot of rich people who don't give a shit about how much programs cost. So mm-hmm. one of the things you have to do, I don't mean to swear, sorry. <laughs> one of the things you have to do is target people who actually have the money to afford to pay the services you want and make your services really, really good which is why we promote uh, one of the big platforms we really crush on is LinkedIn because the average user owns like $200,000 a year. So the affordability thing isn't a problem. You just need to make sure your service, your program is so good that it then meets the desires of the client. So I think people who are struggling, they're struggling because they don't know how. So people would say to me like, okay, LinkedIn doesn't work. It's like, it doesn't work because you don't know how. It's like, I could try and build an app and I would be like, oh, it doesn't work because I don't know how. Like Mark knows how so he can get it to work. And that's the difference is people are reluctant to maybe ask for help or admit they're not sure how to get something to work yet. And one of the things that I've been very good at is being humble enough to know the more I know, the less I feel I know and constantly asking people questions. And one of my Mm favorite sayings is a genius doesn't have great answers. He asks great questions because the questions you ask will define the success you have in life. And it's the same thing I say to business coaching clients. is like we can only help you based upon the questions you ask us. So if I don't know what you need, I can't serve you the best or solve your problem. So mm. the most important thing anyone can think of every single day is like, what is the biggest thing I need right now in my business to move the needle or improve my own personal development?
0: And I, I couldn't agree with that more. I In any situation that I go into, I assume that I'm the dumbest person in that conversation. Like I want to absorb as much information as possible from people. And at the same time, if I say something, I want people to question me and to like, make sure that what I'm saying is true, like to challenge my ideas and challenge things that I say, because that's the only way I feel like I can grow as a, as a person to ask those questions, to have people challenge me, like so that I'm forced to continue to, to grow and build my education.
1: Yeah. And that's the point of life. And that's what two things I say, what makes men in particular happy is progression. And then secondly, like life is a game of skill acquisitions. If you look at like building an online coaching business, for example, the more skills you acquire and you stack on top of each other, they like multiply off each other, right? So it's like, mm. okay, first you get good at coaching, you become a great coach, okay, that's one skill. You then become really good at terms of making content and getting traffic, cool, that's second skill. You then get really good at selling people on the phone, that's third skill, you, then, like, you can then scale pretty well. Then you've got the next problem is, okay, I now need to become a leader and manage a team and manage systems and structure, that's a different skill. And you can see at different levels of, as you go up the, the income graph and this is business scales, you will need a new skill at that point. And... Um, the, the fastest way to get to that skill, for, in my opinion, was two ways. I like reading books, but sometimes can be long-winded. But it's just go to someone who's already done what you want to do and just ask them. So like, hmm. I have a great network of friends and people who help me who are literally be like, i got this situation, what would you do? And I'll be honest, I'm experienced enough sometimes now to be like, I completely disagree with you and I'm not going to do what you said. Yeah. But I also ask people just to see what they think.
0: Sure. Sometimes even a different perspective shift on stuff can be a huge benefit. Hundred percent. I often just have like conversations about something with no intention to be necessarily asking someone about something, but we're just chatting about stuff that's going on. They might say just one thing that gives me like a huge perspective shift on something, and then I'm off like doing the next thing that we need to be doing.
1: Yeah, and and that's a huge thing I think to understand is that and that's why you've been successful, is because you're open-minded enough to understand that you don't know everything and you never will know everything because you can't be the master of everything and even like anyone who says they're the best at something like there's going to be someone somewhere else who's going to be better than you i think actually yeah. when you come to dubai it's actually a very humbling appearance oh, yeah experience right because it's like i don't know like it's easy for people to like bowl around the uk with really big balls because for whatever reason but like yeah. you you come to dubai for example and there's like in my building there's like i mean bigatti Veyron and Rolls royces mm. and like there's different levels and you sometimes don't understand that and i think That's why it's important just to be humble and just ask those questions, ask for help and then try and help other people. Because I've been very fortunate to have um, a lot of people be very positive influences in my life. And I feel it's now a debt I pay back to people to try and help other people, if that makes sense.
0: For sure. And there's no harm in doing that. Like some of the greatest business opportunities for me have come out of just having conversations with people, trying to like help other people with something or asking for advice. Just having those open conversations with people can often lead to opportunities that you didn't even know existed.
1: It's those, like one conversation can change your life. Yeah, that's that's the or one person you know because that one person can then introduce you to someone else. You can introduce you to someone else. Like for example, I'm speaking another podcast tomorrow that I'm pretty excited about, and it's a completely different network of people, a different field that I've I've not really been into. And for me, that's exciting because I'm like. I wonder what could come off the back of this like that's quite cool all all you need is one person who's got an idea who likes you who thinks okay maybe this guy could help me do xyz yeah
0: no but it's so powerful referrals are huge in every sense (laughs) um so i want to ask you because i saw you honed it up super happy about it of course the two comma club yeah how how did that happen how long did it take you to go from like nothing to that
1: um that's actually really bad. I could have got this a couple of years ago, but I just couldn't couldn't be asked to fill in the paperwork, and you know, it was really bad. I actually didn't end up doing. It. I had to get someone else to do it because I'm just awful stuff like that. <laughs> um, what I actually think is a more interesting story than that is that the moment that delivered, I was delivered. I was in a really like low point the other day. I was just having a bit of a shit day, and was like, everyone has self doubt. So like, people will look at me sure. and be like, he's like fucking bulletproof. He's made whatever. Like, um, but like. I was having a really difficult day for whatever reason. I can't remember what it was about now. And then this arrived. I was like, fuck. I was like, you know what you're doing? Just fucking sort it out yourself. And yeah. that sometimes like life gives you points of reassurance to know, like you need to believe in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Um, yeah. But th- that was a really cool thing. And that's actually something funny enough that I, I remember seeing when I first got into fitness, I think Tana Chish the posting photo with it. And okay. I was like, Motherfuck. I was like I want one of those <laughs> um, so now uh, yeah so that's pretty cool so I got one of those now and the goal is to get the two Commonwealth Club X one, which is I think 10 million um, so but here's something else I would say that I've I find is that as your business scales you go through different mindset shifts you go through a phase where you might get a bit like cocky and ahead of yourself I went to that phase I then got the rope pulled under from under me with a few things and then that humbled me which was a good experience and then you go through again, like the phase of like, okay, I want to keep growing. You keep pushing, you keep pushing. But sometimes you have to understand that if you try and push too hard, too fast, you can actually blow up the business. Yeah. Whereas like, if you get from, I don't know, uh, say you're at 250 K and you want to get to 500 K. If you do that within, you do it in six months or you do it in 18 months, does it really change your life that dramatically? Like, and that's where sometimes people need to understand like slow, smooth, smooth is fast. Like, Sometimes the slower you can do things in the right manner, the more effective it will be. Because I've seen over the years, a lot of people that have like one month in their business, they crush it, and they never ever do it again.
0: Yeah. We're, like, even at the level with Kahunas and everything, we're doing the same. We're not pushing. So our ad spend's been the same for the last few months. And we're not, we could push it. The return on ad spend is good. It does what we need it to. But we need to make sure that all of our like we cross all the T's, dots all the I's. Like all the basics need to be working as good as they can do. Otherwise, there's no fucking point because people will come in and then they'll just leave, which we can't get sure. through and, and yeah. it's the
1: same as like. Um, so the mastermind we started in June, July last year. I didn't even try and grow it for the first three months. I was like, people want to sign up, that's cool. Like, yeah, like, awesome. Um, because I wanted to build something so great that people would never want to leave, and yeah, that takes time. And we're in that stage again where we've grown and I'm like, okay, how can we consolidate this? How can we make it better? Because the first, last thing you want to do is um, grow a business really quickly and then have massive attrition. So yeah, yeah, you want to make sure. the business so good, people don't want to leave. And this is one of the things that you're talk, teaching on Mastermind today is the uh, three R's recession-proof your business. So you've got to look at referrals, uh, renewals and client results. So like mm-hmm. those are the three things that are going to have the biggest impact on your business being successful and going through any economic turmoil. And if you don't have those in line, you're probably going to struggle.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's so important to build like a loyal, like, army, just community of people that are, that are with you. And that's like inside Kahunas. I'm so grateful for all the coaches. Like, if you're in the Facebook group, every day it's so active. Like, there's so much stuff going on in there. I get messages from people, like WhatsApp from people, like, and having that. And then people just displaying it online for us. Like, we don't ask them, they're just posting about it all the time. It's, like, phenomenal to have that within, like, a, a business.
1: The And you actually took one of my favorite words, uh, community, because anyone listening to this, if you, I don't know if you've heard the expression, like, entrepreneur island. It's, like, when you're in your own business, you feel very alone. It's very lonely, particularly you're an online coach. You work at home. Like, it can be very lonely and isolated existence. And I had a few people say that to me when I started the mastermind. It's like, I love the community. And that, for me, is, like, the big thing, right? It's, like, how... Yeah. We, like, how can we make a community that's so great that everyone loves it and helps each other because there's more than enough clients to go around in the world. There's like 100, I think it's like 100 million men in the US who fit our fitness client avatar, right? So it's like, yeah. you don't have to worry about competition. It's just supporting each other. And that expression, like saying like with your Facebook group is like two eyes are better than one because yeah. someone's going to come up with an idea that maybe you haven't thought of, I haven't thought of that like, would be a sick addition to the app. And that's how you get continual progressions. You have... Multiple streams of input and different perspectives. Yeah, for sure.
0: It, yeah, I can't tell you how much, even just as a business owner, though. And if you're a coach, someone that's growing out their business, when you get a message from someone that just says how grateful they are for you for providing the service to them, it like, I've had days where just like you, three o'clock till nine o'clock, I've woke up the next day, I feel like shit, comes to my inbox, and there's an email at the top, and it's from like a coach who's just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I'm just like, do you know what? It's all fucking worth it. Like, I'm all in. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> and, and do you find it's funny that life serves you those things when you really need them
0: sometimes? Yeah, it definitely does. It's because it, I, I remember the specific email. This was only like three days ago. It was an all-nighter situation, uh, two days in a row. And then I woke up and it was just almost like, I guess, imagine your, imagine your comp prep. You've done it many times. But when you know you're knackered you're tired but you know that if you're on the end result you're gonna have to get up and do your cardio and you wake up you're like i can't bother it's like it's just i don't want to do it that's how i felt that morning i was like i know i need to do all this stuff today i'm going to do it but i don't want to and then i woke up to this email and i was just like it couldn't have been better timed like it just changed everything perspective shift and that day was phenomenal but
1: that's actually an interesting thing to think about is that that's an external trigger that changed your perspective. And one of the most powerful things that I'm personally trying to work on, which isn't a strength at the moment, is controlling my emotional state. So like in particular, the bigger your business gets when you're listening to this, the more the highs are high, the lows are low, right? And you have more extremes in terms of the polarity of that. And I'm not sure if you've experienced that. And that's why I'd say for everyone, it's really important to understand that like you can have shit periods and you have to have shit periods to enjoy the high periods to then get the perspective shift and that's where mental resilience is something really important to come through. Mm. And a really good tip I'd recommend for anyone here. Um, whenever I'm having a bit of shit there or mentally struggling, I think, I get um Tim Grove in his book called Winning, I think it's better than relentless, and I read a chapter of that and instantly it like realigns my mind of like, you fucking got this, you've got motivated, and like even not just lucky like, you now, funny enough. Uh, Corby, our head coach said something on one of our um, training calls the other day, it was like, uh, be exceptional to be average. So I've literally got it, I wrote it on a sticky note and stuck it in front of my computer
0: screen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know you're a big fan of having like those affirmations like right in front of you.
1: I, it's just front of mind and front of face. And I think if I'm honest, I've always suffered with, um, I don't show it or hide it very well. I suffer with a lot of anxiety and like um, positive syndrome, fear of failure and all that stuff. And I think that's why I'm so driven to like go so far that you can't fall back. But yeah. I think, um, and that's why for me, like positive affirmations is really, really good to have even Another one, like I, I, can't called, I got a, basically a jar where basically my girlfriend wrote like loads of really nice things about me, like what you've achieved, what you've done. So like yeah. for, if you haven't had a shit day, I can't just call like a jar of success or something. I just sometimes just look at those just to remind, like refresh my mind to like be positive. So yeah, the nice. more you can control your emotional state, the more your business will improve because positivity attracts positivity. Like if you're in a sales for call sure. and you're in a shit mood, that's going to that's gonna come across. And that's why, for me, actually, I love doing podcasts and I'm talking about this because, again, I was in a bit of a shit state before this. I feel much better now talking.
0: Well, I'm glad that you do feel better. (laughs) And I know I could totally relate to where you're coming from, like, honestly. And it's for anyone listening, whether you're starting out or you're growing your business, whatever stage you're at, I could tell you from everyone that I've spoken to and everyone that I know who's successful, not one single person did it. And it was just a joy the whole way through. Like, everything was wonderful from start to finish. There were times where they hated it, where they cried, where they sweated, where they sat in a corner rocking backward or forwards, where they wondered if this was the thing that they should be doing and wanted to jack it all in. Like, And I'm sure that most people have it more times than they've even admitted to me. Like, It's not easy. It's going to be shit times. You're not going to eat sometimes. You're not going to sleep sometimes. But you'll have these moments that are just fucking amazing that outshine all of that.
1: 100%. And I actually say, to give an example, I like to give Two real low points. Like one, I think it was uh, like summer 2021 or 2022. I had I got an email from Stripe saying I was basically getting shut down from having my dispute rates too high. I had an email from this company who basically run like our lower ticket program, basically being like, "You're fucked. Your business is going to close, and there's nothing you can do about it." At like 5 a.m. in the morning, I was like, "This is great." I was like, "That's a good start today." Um, <laughs> and I was very fortunate that. They did shut down one of my Stripe accounts that had like 25 grand a month recurring revenue that never got back. Um, but they actually they allowed me to still operate and I still continued as a business. But there's you have to remember that there's and I also there's, there's a lesson from that I'll come into in a minute, is that there's always a plan to fix something. So that's always the first thing I think is okay, when I've got a problem, how can I I'll sit somewhere and I'll think, how can I deal with this like methodically and logically? Um, but I actually got warned numerous times about my Stripe account and I just ignored it, that'd be fine, it'd be fine. And then right. it wasn't because I didn't know anyone had had that problem at the time. Again, why I can teach people, like, you should probably deal with that because I've had that yeah. issue. Um, and then the other thing I had was in January 2022, I ended up getting divorced, so split from a partner for, like, 12 years uh, on, like, the Wednesday. Thursday, I had to clear out my house and all my personal possessions. Friday, whilst living in a hotel, five minutes before a big podcast, I was a guest on. My Instagram account got disabled. I was like, this is fun, fun and games, Right. Um, and that was one of the things that was a really humbling experience for me, but also the lesson that I learned from that. I remember sitting in the Doubletree Halton Hotel in Kingston in the breakfast area, working out, okay, how much revenue was I making for my main Instagram account? How much revenue was I making for my second Instagram account, paid ads, LinkedIn, email marketing, Facebook? I was like, okay, cool. If we strip this all back, I can still be profitable and run a successful business, even without Instagram account. So whatever Mm. happens, I will still be okay. Um, Fortunately, I did manage to get my account back. Um, But again, it's certainly a big lesson. And that's, again, why I push to people of like diversification. And I say things because I've been through things. I don't want people to have the same problems that I've maybe had or challenges. And with that event, for example, I'd always been planning for that day to come. Hence why
0: I'd always use multiple platforms. Sure. Did you, has there ever been a point where you've just thought enough's enough? Like, fuck it, I don't just, this is too much. I don't want to do it
1: uh yeah a lot of times to be honest um and i think what keeps you going uh what's the second choice do you know what i mean like i i i love the game and i love business and i i'm almost like an addict i love the thrill of it but there's sometimes you're like i fucking had enough of this i just want to go like hide on desert island for a month but um the, the the one thing i'd say to people is that earlier in your life you're more successful the harder you push, then the easier the rest of your life will be. So it's like, you've got two choices. You can either now technically suffer for a shorter period of time, then have the life of your wildest dreams, or you can suffer for the rest of your life in mediocrity. So the way I look at things is, okay, how hard can I push till I'm 35? And then can I be in a position where, okay, I can pull back a bit and then maybe only work three days a week and then just enjoy life more, if that makes sense. Whether I do that or not is another thing, but that's that's
0: fine. I was like, that's not going to happen. You're never going to work three days a week.
1: I'll take up uh, golf or something.
0: <laughs> You'll just be on the golf course at like five in the morning trying to be the best <laughs> at golf.
1: <laughs> but, but, that, but that's the thing, right? You you swap one addiction for another addiction. I think yeah. it's it's an important thing then to understand your own uh, psychology and human behavior. And I did a lot of work with psychologists and it's I'm driven by the, the stick rather than the carrot. And when you understand mm-hmm. that, it's like, okay, that's cool. So it's like you then use that as a power, and like Tim Grover talks about in his book Relentless, right? Your dark side. It's like whatever that thing is, you've got to lean into that because that's where your strength is going to come from. Yeah. Um, and everyone has one, no matter who who they are.
0: That's on the same. My my best performances come after like the darkest hmm. days. There's there's that saying that like the night is darkest before the dawn, and it really is like for me. Sometimes I have to whether even if it's um, a personal thing, if it's like to do with diet eating the gym whatever for me i have to push myself to a point of almost breaking before i then get this result like afterwards that then i'm like like have my greatest moment afterwards
1: you can't have the light of the day without the dark of the night and then it's that point i find it's and this is why i find i love fitness and business together because they're so synchronized the ability to endure suffering then leads to the end result right so if you look at yeah. Competition dying, the more the soft, more you can suffer, the lean you'll get, the better you'll do. If you look at business, the more you can be resilient and then push when things are going shit, um, the better and stronger your business will be when you come out the other side. And I would say from experience, every six months generally I tend to have some type of shitstorm or some type of problem I have to deal with. I don't know if you find that, but generally it's every six months there's some Hail Mary thrown from somewhere I was like, I've got to deal with this. And the, the reality of what everyone should listen to this podcast understand that's always going to happen. And the problem you solve yeah. today, you can have another one in six months time. So just like build the mental strength of fortitude, understand that it's going to come and you'll be prepared and ready. And there's a, a saying I heard this morning and it's um, better to be a warrior in a garden than be a gardener yeah. in a war. Yeah, I love that saying.
0: And for us at least, if all else fails, we'll be able to start a t-shirt printing business with <laughs> lots of cool strap lights on. I do <laughs> think that. Uh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people find out more about your seven-figure scaling system and more information about it?
1: Um, so, in terms of seven-figure scaling systems, if you can check out our IG, it's very easy. Seven-figure scaling systems. Same for the YouTube seven-figure scaling systems. We've also got a podcast. We've got I got two. So I've got um, physically jacked to financially stacked podcast, which is our business one, um, nice. which I like the name. And then we've also got the Shredded Show, which is our more fitness-related podcast. That Mark's also been a guest on, which was great. Um, and everyone wants to check out my. Fitness IG is Charlie Johnson Fitness. We also have a fitness YouTube channel uh, and we're on every platform under the
0: sun. So if you just search my name, it'll come up. Wicked. And I'll put all of that in the description below for everyone to be able to click on. Um, But thank you. It's been a a huge pleasure. And we finally did it. And hopefully we can (laughs) do it again soon.
1: Yeah, pleasure. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks,
0: Charlie.